time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. My name is Alan Mead. I'm a dentist, podcaster, and Dr. Pepper drinker. Actually, that's not true. But uh, that's what we were talking about before we came on. So I would like to, uh, before I introduce my co-host, I would like to thank Premier Dental uh, for supporting this and every episode of the Alameda Experience. They are really awesome. They have a bunch of really awesome products, and they are inspired solutions for daily dentistry. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. I'd like to introduce my co-host, uh, who's been on the Dental Hacks podcast about a gazillion times, but I believe this is his first time on the Alameda Experience. It's Dr. Matt Standridge. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. So it's been a while since you and I have like have just been you and I like probably the last yeah. time we did a a dental hacks fat attack episode, which is yeah. probably better part of a year ago. So, yeah, I'd uh, say so. So basically, um, you've been doing a lot of stuff different than the last time I talked to you, or or a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, so I just I barely even know where to start. But since this is uh, this is a podcast, and and I'm all about podcasts, I need you to tell me a little bit about your uh, venturing into the podcasting world. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, well, first off, thank you for having me. It is an honor to be on the Alan Mead experience. That's right. To, uh, you weren't sure what to experience. That's right. To well, experience it. I, I showed up to experience all that, which is Alan Mead, and I don't feel like I'm going to be disappointed. No, nope. so. I should not be. Nope. So, okay, so starting off, I guess, with my podcast. Okay, this is not, there's dentist in the name, but it's not necessarily a dental podcast. So It's a dental podcast you, in as much as you are a dentist and you have a podcast. Exactly. It's, dentists are not the, are, are not the main, um, <laughs> are not the main uh, focus of the group. They are not the, uh, they're not my target audience, I guess you would say. So I'll bet you you have a lot of dentist listeners though, because that's kind of where, I do. where it's probably where you come from. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I have a lot, I have a lot of folks that message me that are dentists or in the dental arena, but like I said, it's not necessarily the target audience. Um, the, the podcast is the keto dentist podcast, which was a cheeky little, um, title that my wife came up with because I was trying to think of, Different things, the fact that I'm enthusiastic about ketogenic diets, I'm also a um, certified primal health coach, and then the fact that I'm a dentist and I take special interest in this whole kind of oral systemic health, not totally down the lines that some folks take it, because I'm still kind of skeptical about some things, mm -hmm. but um I the the more that I learn about each one of these kind of the low carb ketogenic diets, the kind of primal paleo ancestral health movement, and the oral systemic thing, the the more that I connect the dots and I see how they're all kind of interwoven with each other. And so I thought it might be interesting to start a podcast. The fact that 
I've made so many contacts in each one of those mm -hmm. individual realms. I thought it'd be interesting to get um, not only my take, but also interview people from these three different worlds and show how they kind of all blend together, how they yeah. how nothing's necessarily separate, but they all it's all interwoven. So I have a couple questions about that. First off, like, okay, so I, I've been reading a book. Um, it's called The Bad Food Bible. Um, hmm. it's, it's actually really good. It's, it's by, he's a physician. He, he's, he writes, he has a column. I want to say in like the New York times and like that, his name's Aaron Carroll. And he's not, hmm. he's not a keto specific guy, but mm -hmm. he's big on, he's big on evidence-based medicine. Yeah. And, and as such, he's hugely skeptical of most of the medical, uh, literature, <laughs> like, oh, okay. like, and as you know, I mean, so many, so many, uh, journalists and, and, and people that promote a certain way of living or eating can take like take like little cherry pickings of different parts oh, of yeah. research, and yeah. so there there literally is no claim that you can't quote unquote prove with right. some kind of a, a cherry picking from literature. And clearly, exactly. this drives this dude nuts. So he's he he quali the first chapter he qualifies like what what makes good research, you know? But he, right. he you know the the anecdote versus the you know versus the meta versus it's very cool. He and he really yeah. spells it out for and he spells it out in a way that you don't have to have had a big background in it. And what's really funny is it'll come as no surprise to you that he he really uh, he feels like a lot of the uh, fats have gotten a really bad rap meat mm -hmm. has gotten a really bad rap there's a lot yeah. i mean it's it's as you kind of know but like what what i appreciate about what i appreciate about this is that it's it's this is a guy who who is coming at it from he wants to tear the science apart and he's he's come to realize the stuff that you have you know understood and frankly i understand it too i understand it the problem is is that sugar tastes really good that's the problem i can understand it, it is with damn my, tasty i know exactly. right like yeah. don't you wish it wasn't like i don't know it's the oh yeah <laughs> but yeah it, if i if i could get this crap to taste like celery i wouldn't have a problem avoiding exactly it. right right and but i mean sorry for all you celery enthusiasts yeah. and lovers out there <laughs> luckily terrible. bacon tastes like bacon so we've got that going for exactly it's the yeah <laughs> but we I mean, have some sort of refuge, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying this book because it's it's definitely first off he's he's pretty happy to um to make everyone angry. <laughs> anyone <laughs> anyone who does that is is okay with me. Like anyone yep. who's willing to put their thumb in whoever's eye happens to be close by. But so that's been fun. I I've liked that. But I also was like, yeah. And I've listened to uh, quite a few of your podcasts, and I think a lot of those people. First off, I think there's a um. There might be a little bit of a misconception that people who are into like keto and are can be zealots about it. And I think yeah. maybe some of them can to some extent, but I also feel like what's happening is it seems like the evidence base is coming around. So yes. you, you don't have to yell so loud. Would you agree? I do. And if you've listened to the podcast, a lot of my a lot of my guests aren't necessarily the people who have made a name for themselves in the past shouting calories don't matter and you know it's all about insulin and all that stuff a lot of my guests are very much up and comers because they're more evidence based and they're not zealots and they don't think keto is a magic bullet for every person and it's it, they it's all about more context and nuance with them and that's who I try to get on. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's very even keeled of you. I don't know. I feel like 
I feel like if you want to have a really sexy podcast, you have to bring on the controversy. You have to. Well, have to... and that is why I will never be a big podcaster <laughs> is because I am not going to be the Dr. Oz whore of keto. Oh my like, gosh. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I I'm do. Uh, okay. Be... So I, I'm going to, I'm going to interject because I got the, okay. So you know about my, my uh, Dr. Oz is wrong about amalgam thread on yes, my blog I from like that. seven that years ago. That is the gift that keeps on giving. I got, I got one tonight that makes me think I'm closing it. I'm closing the comment section down. <laughs> I, I, and, 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 and honestly, I need to use sort of my, my, the skills I'm developing as a, as a, in mindfulness and stoicism because I can't, I can't control the crazy of other people, right. and 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 it's so difficult for me to not go. If anyone listening doesn't know what we're talking about, I have a I have a blog. It's called the Blogging Dentist. I've been doing it for some years. And in 2013, I wrote, uh, I I just cranked out a blog post while I was very angry because Doctor uh, Oz, Doctor well, Oz had some jagoffs so on there talking about talking about amalgam and how poisonous it was and everything. And I I just basically went through and debunked everything he did. And and what what's nuts is that. Like literally all of the amalgam crazies in the world decided that this was the place that they were going to make their case. So this this single blog post has hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of of replies. And most of them are not dentists, you know, that are that are trying oh. to say, you know, say, hey, good post. Most of them are calling me the most horrible names and the and like most of them are like are anti amalgam zealots. I got one today that literally it takes the cake. For one thing, they're so long. When they're so long, you know you're not going to read them. That's when you know you've really got something. Because crazy it people are. Paul? Oh yeah. Was that the dude's no, name? Peter. Paul? Pe- no, no. Peter. No, no. Peter. 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 Oh, Peter just. Peter, Peter is consistent. Old. I mean, over over years, and he's. I mean, he's posted as recently as this week. But someone else posted today that, and and they were. Oh my gosh! I should go. I'm going to go get it. I have to read it to you. I'm embarrassed yet. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. It shouldn't bother me, but it totally right. does. First off, all you have to do is Doctor Oz is wrong about amalgam and it is i'll tell you what man i put that blog on the map there's no two ways about that but um yeah it's it's quite funny because it's not even it's not even close to as well written as some of the stuff i have but but i mean the comment section is epic okay but uh the woman says let go of the anger and move on with your life i'm sure you have family and friends that worry too please i'm begging you cast off the obsession and really enjoy the life god gave you You've done enough. These things won't change overnight, and the proper research takes time. Use your knowledge for you and your loved ones, and let the science continue to speak for itself. The truth needs no champions. It is, whether we like it or not. This was her, I'm sorry, this was her writing to Peter. This was not her writing to me. This was her her writing to Peter. It doesn't help that your presence on here for so many years only feeds the opposition's belief that it is. (laughs) So literally, she's actually talking to Peter. She's trying to help him. She's supporting the other crazy guy. It is... (laughs) It's it's like it's like it's like the inception of crazy. Like like it's crazy on top of <laughs> it's, crazy. It's crazy inside a crazy exactly. that doesn't know it's crazy. And and the best part is I mean, part of it is like okay and I'm I almost was like, okay, I gotta shut this down. But it just keeps going. It just keeps rolling. May second, twenty thirteen is when I wrote this thing. And uh, this, we're working on working on five years, and oh my gosh. So anyhow, I totally I totally ran that over. But but like so that's that's kind of like I don't know. It's funny when people, people, you ever notice like, and this is like totally a true thing. As soon as people are confronted, their beliefs are confronted with evidence. It's very atypical for people to look at the evidence and change their mind. Typically the reaction is to dig in. 
And this yes. is like everywhere. And that's what I think is really cool <laughs> about your podcast because, I mean, I know that you come from a certain viewpoint. And, and honestly, there's a lot of really good stuff out there, but you are not doing that. You, you, even though, even with all, all the knowledge and, and evidence that we have, you are not, you are open-minded on this part. And it's, it's really, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's not, it's not that it's not heavy, but it's, there's a lot of good information there, but it's light. It's not like, it's, it's not like all dire and stuff like that. I do like yeah. that a lot. Anyone who hasn't, who hasn't subscribed yet, it's the Ketodonist podcast. Is that right? Yes. And there's a website that goes along that's kind of your, your, that side of your, your life, right? What's the website? It's yeah, it's just ketodonis.com. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So that's cool. That's and you've been doing this for some months now. You've kind of got it up and running. I remember when you first got it up, you were you were um you know, okay, so tell me this. What has having a podcast done for you? Oh, Jack and Esh. Like it is it's not done a damn thing for me. Is but that right? <laughs> well, what it's done for me is it's helped me grow personally. I will admit I I created this firstly out of kind of a selfish manner in the fact that I was making all these contacts in the dental world and the low-carb keto world and the primal paleo ancestral health world, and um, I was – it basically came to me. It's like, okay, I've made all these contacts. How do I really get to communicate? How do I really get to talk with people? Exactly. That's what I was going for. That's what, and, that's what I figured it had done for you. Exactly. Yes. That's now, what it's done for me as, too, by the way. <laughs> as far, yeah, as far as notoriety or income or, you know, podcasting uh, generally. Yeah. Fame, I, I think no, a lot of people no. like to think that. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is you got to talk to some people, uh, and you know, for a period of time that you may not have gotten to talk to is what I'm guessing. Is that right? No, exactly. It's just like, um, okay, so back here behind me, you're watching me on video. I am. You have a bunch of you have a bunch of mandibles on the table. <laughs> well, that's because I was recording a video for uh, implants. Okay, for my website. Okay. But anyways, so one of my favorites, Rob Wolf. Um, I get to talk to him this coming Wednesday. Nice. Dude's a New York Times bestseller, like, and I, I'm kind of fangirling just thinking about. I know. It. Well, that's exactly right. That's the whole thing. And, and he did a keto masterclass, and it's very, it's very well done. I subscribe to it. I paid for it for my own, out of my own money, and it's very well done. And I want to support it, and I wanted to ask him questions on it. And so I reached out to him, just you know, thinking that. Ah, this dude's not going to give me the time of day. And sure enough, he turns around. It's like, hey, let's let's make this thing work. And so I would never have got this opportunity if I hadn't started this gig. You know, you just described the best reason to do a podcast. Anyone, anyone <laughs> yeah, who decides it, anyone who decides they want to get into podcasting for for a, to make a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, not not so much. But but uh, honestly, the access it gives you and, and all you have to do for me is look at look at how many of the people I I talked with uh before the dental hacks versus the dental hacks like we've gotten some really great people on that show and honestly oh, absolutely. it's it's because it's only because we've got the you know they weren't going to just talk to me for the hell of it yeah <laughs> so it's really yeah. it's a huge opportunity and and honestly if anyone's ever thought about a podcast understand that that's really the best benefit you choose your niche and you get to talk to people that you might not have a chance to because you're offering them a platform So 
I've been raving about Traxident for a while. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I love this stuff. I literally use it pretty much every day. Crown and Bridge has not been the same since I started using it. So it was kind of interesting. Yesterday, I had a six-unit interior case. I was planning on using Traxident, but I typically use the unit dose delivery, which looks kind of like a composite syringe. And it's about enough Traxident for one to one and a half teeth, maybe two if you're being a little light with it. So I was like, man, I'm going to need to use a bunch of these things. Then I realized the original delivery system on this thing is is a syringe that looks kind of like a flowable syringe, a flowable composite syringe. It's perfect. And of course, we have both. And I just wasn't even thinking to ask for it. So Traxident comes in two really good delivery forms. The unit dose is awesome for single crowns or maybe a couple crowns. But the syringes are awesome for multiple teeth. I never realized how smart it was for them to have these two different delivery systems until I was doing this bigger case where I wanted to use some. So they've thought of everything over there, Premier Dental, as they are wont to do. Premier Dental, inspired solutions for daily dentistry. And well, I mean, and, it's, it's and a win-win. The odds, and the odds are if you find it interesting, there's going to be plenty of other folks who find it interesting. It's so true. And there's enough people now that that are are podcast listeners that you're going to find an audience that you don't have to. It's okay. This is freaking bizarre. And so the other thing that that you may or may not know about Matt is he is one of the uh, he's one of the moderators of the Dental Hacks Nation Facebook page. Uh, he's probably embarrassed to that I admitted that. I wasn't that. even going to bring it I up know. until he- <laughs> I know, right? It's like so so and uh, literally the 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 most thankless job. In all of dentistry, right there, Matt is one right in there. We started the Dental Hacks Nation as a as a Facebook group for people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> little did we yeah. know, little did we know that what happens is when you start a Facebook group that's not secret, private yeah. is fine, but it's not secret. Facebook uses their their algorithm to figure out what kind of people are in this group, and then they invite other kinds of people like that. So the bottom line is, it's a bunch of dental people in this group. And so they invited a bunch of dental people to become a part of it. And so we're we're letting these people in that have dental credentials, but we're realizing, or we, you know, we didn't realize until it's kind of too late. This isn't really about the podcast at all. Like we to this day, like as recently as yesterday, we had someone asking on the dental hacks. This is the best thing ever on the dental hacks nation. Yes. Um, if there if there are any good dental podcasts out there, I'm like, yes. Did, did, really, really? Like we've got. Come on, uh, man. But uh, I, I, it's it's funny and it's kind of awesome. And I will say this: uh, Doctor Sean Vandeviver has my undying gratitude for when he listed him. He listed the Allen Mead Experience first. I freaking love that. Not that there's <laughs> not not that there's not a million great dental podcasts. Don't get me wrong, but I just like. Like our concept of the Dental Hacks Nation being uh, the, uh, the place for Dental Hacks listeners to hang out, it's become this gigantic thing that has almost nothing to do with the podcast. I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> it's like talk about unintended consequences. It is funny. I mean, it's in the fact that we're over twenty thousand. I know members. what the like, hell. Seriously, it's oh, great. God. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic, but it's also there's just kind of a level of crazy. You're like, how in the world did that happen? And of course now. It's this it's we've created this monster that's kind of out of control because like we have 
at any given moment, we've got hundreds to a thousand people that want to come into this group. And, and right. so this is where the thankless job comes in because we have to kind of screen them on some level. So we ask them yeah. questions. It's, so literally we will literally like yell at each other and, and challenge each other to knock off 20 or 30 of them at a time. <laughs> oh my God. Done this morning. I know. Who's I know. It? Like, I know like we're going to get through this the whole, if, if it takes the whole weekend and then it does. And then as soon as you're done, there's another 40 people that want to get in. So Facebook, I mean, Facebook either does a great job or a terrible job, depending on how you look at it, on creating creating these groups. It's freaking nuts. On it the is. other hand, on the other hand, I've heard a lot of people say, "Man, you really should start over. You should, you should." And I'm like, you know what? It's too late. Uh, it is it is too late, and and I'm I'm okay with it because it's it is a huge group of dental people that we can frankly use to our advantage. We can use to spread our ideas. We can use to. Are we getting a lot of new podcast listeners out of it? Not a ton, probably. But yeah. I, I would hope all the dental podcasts feel like they can spread their spread their joy on the Dental Hacks Nation. It's a good place to do it, uh, yeah. you know. And, and we're pretty we're pretty liberal with letting people use the use the platform on that, especially yeah. dental podcasters, because that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And I want to I want to acknowledge you for that with being one of the OGs of dental podcasting, one of the first I would consider top the biggest five podcasters, and then with the uh, plethora. Uh, I mean, dental podcasts have been multiplying like Catholic bunnies. It, over I'm telling you, man, it's and it's not a. I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's great. But well, it that's is like, why I wanted to acknowledge you is because you have been a platform to promote others, and that that is very honorable of you. There are so many folks who get territorial on this gig, and anybody, any uh, uh, new and uppercomer comes in. They see him as a threat, and you have been the first to promote and to acknowledge, and I I respect the hell out of you for that. No, I appreciate that. It is funny, though, in a way, and it, I mean, at the Voices of Dentistry meeting, which I should plug right now because I, I got to do that, that's uh, VoicesofDentistry.com, the second, uh, second annual is coming up this January 2018, 26th and 27th, and I can't remember. Are you going to be there or not? You still working on it? I was going to be. I've even paid for it, um, but then I got asked to uh, be a clinical instructor for this orthodontic group. This okay, charity orthodontic that's right. That's seminars. right. That's right. Yep. And so now I'm a clinical instructor. And of course, it's the same weekend. Of course, so it is. I need to be there for that. Uh, so. Okay, maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll have to like bring you in by uh, uh, by via Skype at some point or something. But. Uh. So uh, now you're thinking, I like that. We're gonna have last year. We're gonna have Tarun. Tarun actually ended up making it last year. We're gonna have him in a hot tub in Mexico. He was supposed to be at a bachelor party in Mexico that weekend. So. Nice. Um, but what you'll find is that there's literally when you meet these people face to face, there's like literally no, there's no competitive anything. Because I think each one yeah. of us kind of brings it a little bit different to the table. Uh, oh yeah. So I think that's Absolutely. where that's where it's interesting. It's it's like a it's it's a blast. Maybe it'll get competitive at some point. I don't know. I don't feel like it really has. I feel like um, everyone's kind of doing it just differently enough that that uh, that there's a lot of room for everyone. You know, it's but it, this meeting is is like nothing you've ever seen. It's the most interactive meeting you've ever seen. Literally, you're going to have people that come as listeners that will be sitting in on podcasts because that's like we did a lot of podcasts live there, and it's going to be twice or three times as many there now. Insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, I sure wish I could make it. I know, right? I'm gonna rub, rub it in like crazy, but it's 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 a it's a blast. And actually, I have to say, in uh, Scottsdale in January is an easier sell uh, for a lot of us Northerners than 
than uh, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee wasn't bad, it, but it wasn't like I don't. I don't know if I don't think I wore shorts. I guess you could, but um, and that's I did have one of the one of the meeting planners ask what kind of what kind of dress was it casual or business casual and and there might be people that wanted to be business casual, but I, hell with that. I am not. I I wore a t shirt the whole time I was there, like a voice of dentistry t shirt. But it's a t shirt, so it, that's it's that kind of meeting, whatever that is. Solid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. No, it's good. Man. So go sign up for it. It's voiceofdentistry dot com. Capital V, capital O, capital D, 100 is a coupon code that probably is still available to knock off 100 bucks. 16 hours of CE available. Like, meet all your, your favorite uh, dental podcasters except for Dr. Matt Standridge. Um, yep. <laughs> all of them except him. Yeah, and unless if that weekend, unless if you're coming to learn orthodontics. <laughs> and then, me, you, then you get to you meet Matt be- and none of the rest of your favorite dental podcasters. But, I mean, whatever yeah. works for you. Whatever. I mean, make the choice. Yeah. And that's <laughs> Which, fine. Uh, where where is one of the two? Where is where is the Garrity course? What where where are you going to be? It's in Tulsa. Tulsa. Well, that's I mean, it's, it's in Tulsa. Which I mean, you know, yeah, you could go to Phoenix, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But then there's Tulsa. Yeah, I mean, there's January, Tulsa. January, so. But but Tulsa's probably still warm. <laughs> I think Tulsa's probably warm, right? Oh, it's not bad. Well, that's that's exciting though. I mean, when you're a clinical instructor, and and Garrity's been, you know, Garrity's been doing this for a long time. I think he's 170 years old. Actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I think he, he might have made yeah. some horcruxes with his soul. It, it was that basically old. him. It was basically him and Angle that started contemporary orthodontics. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Angle uh, <laughs> chose not to create the horcruxes to live forever. So there you go. No, but my dad, literally, my dad, my dad did a ton of ortho in his career, and like uh, he was a Garrity guy. He really was. He was a Garrity guy, big time. Nice. And then the other thing he did it was just great. So he would he would come visit me in Minnesota, and he would take an ortho course that was always in downtown Minneapolis. And it was a guy. Do you know who Witzig is? Yeah, I've heard the name. I've never seen him. Witzig. Yeah, the okay, name. the best part about Witzig, he was an orthodontic teacher. Um, and prior to being a dentist, he was okay. Hold your breath. He was a professional wrestler. I you not nice right? Like, is that the greatest thing ever? Like, you know, uh, if you got to choose Damn. a career, professional wrestler or orthodontist. But why choose? Why not do both, right? Yeah. Witzig yeah, was Witzig right? was Witzig was famous for he was into second molar extraction and letting uh, wisdom teeth come in. That was kind of his move. That was like his finishing move. Okay. Some people like the gotcha. devastating DDT. He liked he liked <laughs> removing the second molars. I I never I never saw him. I was always a dental student. I didn't know enough to to make it worthwhile. But uh, so dad would go to the Witzig courses and I don't know that he was really into the Witzig style of ortho, but the fact of the matter was it was in downtown Minneapolis and it was, he could come visit me and he could do the write off. So that's kind of what ended up happening. But uh, yeah, that's the, the right. joke was he was a professional wrestler first. I mean, not like immediately. I suspect he went to dental school after his professional wrestling career was done. Maybe that's how I paid through, you know, dental school. Well, you know, there's like a long tradition of professional wrestling. The joke is that, Oh, I worked in dental school. So maybe he was, you know, yeah, some of us work in a coffee shop during dental school to help you know to help make a little spending money. Some of us, some of us were fighting for the intercontinental championship. You know what I'm saying? Some of us, exactly. You know, different different <laughs> kinds of jobs for different people. So, actually, tell yeah. me tell me a little bit about the fact. So you do you do do quite a bit of ortho. Like you've been an ortho guy for as long as I've known you. Been kind of training, and so tell me a little yeah. bit about ortho and why ortho in your particular like neck of the woods is such an effective thing to learn. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I started, let's see, I started ortho um, probably in 2011 or so. And I first learned through Rick DePaul with power products. Yes. And as many did. Yes. And as many did. Yeah. He's jokingly, but truly known as the gateway drug to ortho. He kind of is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so that's where I started off with, mainly out of curiosity more than anything. That and, I mean, let's be honest, we learned jack shit of ortho in dental school, so I had zero. I, I honestly, I didn't even learn how to refer to an orthodontist. Like, I still don't actually know. Right. I, that's, that's how little I, I mean, we did have an orthodontics class, and I remember having to take an exam on it, but I don't really know what they taught us. Exactly. And so I learned I I learned from Rick and it, his philosophy is very much straight wire mechanics. And so I, I learned ortho and I started doing some adult cases, but not a whole lot because I'm out here in rural Kansas and the and the the desire for adult ortho isn't booming necessarily. But I did it did open my eyes to a lot more um orthodontic conditions. And so I'd be seeing a lot of kids, and I started referring them more to ortho because my eyes were opened to different conditions. Yes. And how did you- yeah, uh, ortho training, like learning ortho, is the best thing that's ever happened for orthodontists, actually. Like well, GP's learning agree. ortho, yeah. Yeah, it's because even though now I do a lot of my ortho, uh, own ortho, and it's a considerable part of my practice— the net number of referrals over these last few years is exponential over the amount of referrals I would have had if I'd never had any ortho training. Does that make sense? It does. And actually, I, I mean, I took I took Litt's course, uh, Rick Litt's yeah. course. Richard Litt. He's, yeah. he was, he's a really good teacher. He teaches ortho like an orthodontist. And honestly okay, this makes me a horrible person, but like, I didn't have the, I didn't have the office that could, I literally didn't even have a piano at the time, much less a, a staff. I realized that ortho was not going to be for me. Maybe it would be in the future, but it was not going to be for me. It was still worth taking because I was a much better referral. I mean, I, I had, yes. I just had, had a skill set of knowing what, what I could tell the patients was likely going to happen. What, so, I mean, right. it really was, I, I never did an ortho case, even though I took the, I took that. But what's cool about it is he's a great teacher. I would go back and take him again, honestly. Uh, what you don't mm-hmm. realize is, and, and I mean, it's not his fault so much, but you don't realize that he gives you, I mean, any of these courses gives you enough to maybe start and do diagnosis. But frankly, it makes sense to be in a study club and working with someone so you don't get in trouble. Yes. And that's, that's what he kind of aimed people at. Probably if I were doing it again, I would I would choose I, I would choose Lit because he's you know I can drive there in an hour and a half two hours. He you know, if he's still teaching right. in Birmingham or he teaches some in in, in Canada too, but uh, he's great. I think he's still doing it too. He's great. He's a really good teacher and he's I, I he is really he supports his students like crazy with really good study clubs and pretty much instant access to him. So it's it's a smart move if you're looking. I mean I say that from my experience. My guess is that you, you're like the Garrity situation is very similar, as I'm guessing. Yes, and that's why I love the Garrity situation. It, even before, I mean, this was my, my – I had gone back four years of monitoring, and it wasn't – It was I, I was not expecting them to ask me to join their faculty. I, I was just – 
Because, like, what you were saying with the lit and the um, the continuing kind of support and education and the study clubs, that's what drew me to Garrity. Because how our uh, curriculum it used to be there. I'm getting used to saying "are" now. Um, how Good on you, man. You'll, you'll get there. Was <laughs> um, our curriculum is set up was that you know for the course fee you get you you get um a hundred hours of ortho ce for that year and then your second year of monitoring which is another hundred hours is completely free oh wow because okay. they wanted because they wanted to you to come back because they know this first time you listen you hear it it's going to be drinking through a fire hose. It totally the is. That you're it, actually going to digest. Someone who does restorative dentistry like day to day, this is like really outside of the norm, and it is like drinking from a fire hose. Yes. I found that to be the case. Like, had I known what I needed to commit to be able to really do this, uh, it is a big. It's there's a ton of knowledge. It's not something you're going to be able to jump right into. I agree. I think you need to know that that it's going to take right. a while before you really reach a level of proficiency. Exactly. And so the first year really is designed to open your eyes and start thinking in a way that's that and thinking in this very much different way than direct restorative is. You're using a completely different part of your brain, conceptualizing the the physics and the movements of these teeth and the mechanics of the orthodontics and the wires and the appliances. And so with uh our our course it's basically it's like you said that first year is to get you thinking about it get some cases worked up not started necessarily but worked up and if if you get the go ahead in the study club to get it started go ahead but then the second year is designed for you to come back keep sharpening your knowledge of what you learned previously because you're going to pick up so much more the second time you hear it than the first time. And then also on Sundays is our little study club session where we work through cases together and we go through workups and we troubleshoot and we plan things together as a team. Somebody brings two or three cases in and we as we not only the instructors, but as a group, Go through the list. Go through the checklist of what we're looking for and what we're what we see needs to happen and what we want to happen and how we're going to get there. And so the second year built in is free for you to come back, retake the course, but then also to also to um, start following up on your cases. You know what I mean? You know what they've done? They've sort of they've sort of built in the, the fact that. People are gonna. People are going to recommend this course because because you get a lot of value for it. it sounds like. Well, hell, like um, I I went four years. I got four hundred credit hours for five thousand dollars because I paid for that first year. I went for a second year for free, and then for each year after that, every person that you refer and they sign up, you get another year for free. Oh wow! Okay. And so I have I have like. Eight years I could have gone for free. That's pretty <laughs> so that's awesome. Like Eight hundred credit hours of ortho CE for five thousand dollars, and and now I don't have to because I'm faculty. But like, no, that's great. Though. Um, that's 
Yeah, and so that's why that's another reason why I was inspired by this is because oh, and we also have an online curriculum. So here's what's cool is all of the stuff that's in the lecture is available in modules online. And so and it's available if if you're going through the comprehensive program, when you finish module one or session one in the classroom, you get module one available online for you to go and review at your leisure oh, until the next session. Sure. So that way, if you're drinking through a fire hose all, all weekend, you go and you're like, and you didn't digest and you want to review. And oh, my all that gosh, stuff, totally. You have that all that content available to you online. That's a huge deal when you when you are feeling like oh my gosh I can't believe I I barely got any of that it was exciting when I was listening to it but it's like it didn't right. soak in being able to go back and, and 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 do that again okay so one of the beefs I had with with the ortho curriculum and you tell me if I'm not crazy but like okay so I wasn't committed to the idea of ortho always feels like to me you have to have and and it's kind of like implants in some ways too it's like to do it effectively you kind of have to have a, a stockpile of stuff like it's it it's hard to get into ortho without right. having a bunch of brackets and wires and all the crap that you need and that's not you know they're, they're not giving that stuff away so did you am i right about that or is there a way that they've got it so you don't have to be like so stockpiled because it seems like it seems like with kind of like on time shipping and stuff they might be able to make it a little easier for the new guy to get into it without having to have a giant like armamentarium in their office right um if uh, you're kind of just dipping your toe into it or if you're in full throttle. So if you're in full throttle, we've signed up with a few different companies that give pretty substantial course discount sure. package of what you're going to need. Sure. But if you're just kind of dipping your toe in, we do I say rent, but we don't charge for it. But like for that weekend, the materials that you're going to need sort of the hands-on exercises and stuff like that we can give you the materials uh loan them out to you and you return them of so that way you don't necessarily have to buy all of your map out pliers and your distal end cutters sure. and all that stuff and unless if you know you're going to implement it so um so it goes both ways we can we can give you we can kind of loan you that stuff for the hands-on exercises or if you do know that you want to do it we can hook you up with some pretty not through us because we don't sell equipment sure but through vendors we can hook you up with some pretty sweet package deals so so like okay so i took i took an implant continuum sometime pat sometime back and and i decided that I was, I figured that I was going to do it. And here's the problem. I don't have a CT scanner at the time. I, it was really difficult to get one in Michigan. Now it's not difficult. I just have to pull the plug, but yeah, but the bottom line is like, I went ahead and got an armamentarium. I, I, I basically, they made a decent financing deal and you end up having a bunch of gear and, and a bunch of implants stockpiled. And what's happened is I just don't do as many of them as I thought I would. And so I'm going to end up having, having a, a, right. a surplus of implants. It's, it is frustrating Cause like sometimes you, I don't know, I'm a chicken about this stuff. So I'm the, I'm the guy who doesn't, I have a hard time implementing the new stuff and, and, um, right. Probably that's where like really getting into the study club concept of it would have been helpful. Like, like for implants and everything. I just am, I just am, mm -hmm. uh, in some ways I'm kind of a chicken about that stuff. My guess is that ortho would, would feel a little less like that. I remember at the time I literally didn't have a pano. 
So I'm like, man, am I going to have to send people out for a pano and a Ceph? Just like, so not that right. I'm in a different building now that that allows for that. But you kind of had that situation too, did you not? Like you were in a couple different. Tell me about your your practice situation and what's changed. You're in a different location just recently, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Holy moly, Al, that is a loaded question, my friend. It sure is. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, all right. So starting off in 2012, I opened my first office, and it was a standalone building, but it was very cramped, three-op uh, three office. And in that office, I started ortho, and I was completely digital, except for I. there was no way in hell I could have a digital Ceph yep. because of the Ceph arm needing to be X long. And so that was the only film that I had. I had bought an – I had bought – a an autom- a used automatic film processor and I bought a mobile Ceph arm that attached to my chairside x-ray unit and that was the only thing I needed film for was Ceph. And I was able to fit it in one operatory, only one of my operatories. And so that's how I got started. I was doing digital Cephs. Um in 2012, like I said, I started that office, and that was um, that was a hybrid of an existing office in the scratch start. Okay, meaning it had been a dental office before, but it had been vacant. Okay, and it was basically it was basically Jonestown in there. Like somebody, it looked like <laughs> its stuff was still out on the cabinets. Uh, there are still files in like, the like drawers. A, like a tra- um, like a, like a, lo- looked, a lonesome tray set up with with like a dusty explorer and mirror. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And those and those little uh, dust balls just kind of float float in the wind I know, and down it, the uh, like, hallway. I just get but, the feeling OSHA might have a hard time with that. But in any case, yeah. Yes, tumble, tumbleweeds, tumbleweeds in the operatories and all that stuff. But yeah. no, um, it, it was basically like when I first walked in, it was like someone went to lunch and just never came back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like the whole office went to lunch and just never came back. Wow. Wow. Um, so it had been equipped for a dental office and it's still plumbed for a dental office. It still had all the equipment. Granted, the equipment was from the about circa 68. Sure. About, well, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's before or after the Bay of Pigs, but yeah. it was somewhere around there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and so, um, and so, it was very dated office, but it was still a decent office. And so, um, the the guy who had it just basically skipped town. The bank still had it. Um, on its notes, and so I picked it up um, from the bank for basically what they had for it on their books, yeah, which was about thirty thousand or so. It's a it's a good it's a good um, way. It's a, honestly it's a good way to buy a practice. It is a, uh, that kind of practice. I suspect I know uh, that's the way I got my practice. Uh, he left, and after he left, the yeah. value the value goes down significantly. And, and the problem is. A lot of times right. those, those practices, let's just say those practices generally aren't aren't like panky style practices. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's putting it really. So um so yeah, long story short, 
that practice was always an uphill struggle. It was back in my hometown, back in rural Kansas, um, but the town that I grew up in, grew up in, and and, and liked it was not the same practice, the same town that I moved back. To. Sure, sure. Uh, a lot of some industry closed. There is a lot more drugs and welfare, uh. and so it wasn't necessarily the the same town I grew up in. Um, and also, I had a horrible time finding um, staffing the joint. Sure, my wife luckily worked for my front desk for a few years but um and so she was my constant rock she was she was the only person who knew and knew what i was going through and and cared about the business as much as i did no i know that's difficult yeah but after yeah but after we had our first child hazel she's she always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and Mm -hmm. so she she stayed at home and after that i had lost any i had lost any constant support structure at the office and so the dentistry and the running of that practice was beating me up and then i had you know the wild hair grew that oh i'm gonna buy a second friggin office oh you people and (laughs) Right. And so in 2015, um, I took over an office, the office that I'm currently in now, from a retiring dentist who had a little three-op office, had a nice, again, dated, but still very clean, had a good team about him and all that stuff. And he was, he's basically, he'd been looking for a few years to someone to sell to, couldn't find anybody. And so he got to the point that if um, he couldn't sell it, that he was just going to close up and walk away. And he came to me about it. And I was like, dude, you're freaking nuts. I'm drowning in what I'm working with right now. Um, but I, I have the soft spot for rural areas. And sure. I want to see them succeed. And so I even tried to help him sell the office. I was, I was selling the office to different people. I would be talking it up to different people, trying to get people to come here. And after a few months, that just was not panning out at all. So he just came to me one day and basically said, um, you know, well, I'm going to ask you one more time if you want it. If not, I'm closing the doors. And I'm like, well, what do you want for it? And then he gave me an offer that I couldn't refuse. And I'm like, well, crap. Now I have two offices. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> and so fast forward, that was uh, February 2015. Um, it just... It's funny that you wanted to record this today because exactly one year ago today, basically, I made the announcement to my team in my first office that I was closing the office. Yep, I remember that. that. They need to look for um, look for new jobs, and that was it. <laughs> and so um, over this last year. I closed that office and I merged the records with my current one, Yates Center Dental. Sure. Um, I fired all of that team, good residents, and um, I remodeled this office. I remember that. That was just months ago, yeah. Yeah, 
And so that was very dated, um, remodeled it, added um, a fourth operatory, added cone beam, um, have added some fun su- stuff even since then. And uh, this year, this office is now up, I want to say probably by the end of the year, will probably be up about 75%. That's so what good. What it was that's so the good. year prior. It's so. like, it's like, that's got to, that's got to feel pretty good for the fact that it's like, okay, you were making some crazy decisions. You were making some, what felt risky at the time. You weren't sure it was going to pay off. That's, that's literally the proof of the payoff right there. That's pretty exciting. Yes. Um, where I'm at now, um, and we can talk about more of how I got, how I built the stones to make the decisions that I needed. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. I'm <laughs> but, uh, um, but the, where I'm at now compared to just a year ago, it is night and day difference. And between different coaches, between practices of, um, uh, meditation, like yeah. what Don teaches, um, and stoicism, man, like what you've talked with Russell about between these different things and kind of getting myself centered where I'm at now compared to where I was at a year ago is just, it's 180 degree difference. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good. Well, you know what we ought to do? We ought to come back and, and talk about that a little bit more because there's a lot to that. We've actually been going for, for plenty of time. I guess I want to thank you for spending some time with me tonight. Um, Absolutely. This was, this was cool because like, I think you were on like the very first dental hacks podcast, like in, in like you, I met you at the same time that I met Jason when you were, you were at that original yeah. Cosmonet course way back. Yeah. Then. We so, were at Smithson's thing. Yeah. Like we kind of go all the way back. It's, it's fun. It's fun that this is like, it's kind of come along weird way. I like, I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to spend some time with me tonight, Matt. So thanks a lot. And, uh, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments about this or any episode of the Alan Mead Experience, go ahead and drop me a line at Alan, A-L-A-N, at theallenmeadexperience.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, if you would. We haven't had a whole lot of those lately. It'd be nice to have a little love there. Uh, go subscribe to the Ketodonist podcast. Just look Ketodonist on any podcasting uh, software. You'll find us there. And Come join the Alameda Experience Facebook group. We require a password. The password is Premier, but we'd love to have you. It's a really cool group. And we'll talk to you again soon.